I'm Angelique. And this is Sarah. And we're the co-presidents of the class of 2019. We want to thank you for being here today. We know that you've traveled near and far, and we are delighted to welcome you to Davis. We also want to say a very special thank you to the team behind the scenes, the Office of Medical Education, for their hard work and preparation for today's events. As co-presidents of the class of 2019, it is our pleasure to introduce this year's keynote speaker. Reflecting on the last four years, our hearts are filled with gratitude. Gratitude for the many mentors, role models, and the staff at UC Davis who have all had a hand in our success. It is thanks to those of you who supported, encouraged, and invested in us that we are able to stand in front of you today graduating as doctors. Of course, when we think of the support we have received over the last several years, this particular speaker comes to mind. Our esteemed speaker is a proud father of two children and is a husband to an amazing physician. He obtained his medical degree from UC San Francisco, completed his residency in internal medicine at Highland Hospital in Oakland, then fellowship training at UC Davis, where he has remained as faculty. Today, he teaches students and residents, something he was born to do. He has served in several leadership and mentorship roles throughout his time at UC Davis. He is known for his unwavering role in advocating for diversity and has served as interim faculty director in the Office of Student and Resident Diversity. Our speaker believes that serving the health needs of diverse communities starts with inspiring and nurturing culturally diverse students. And he does this by modeling to students the significance of treating all aspects of a patient's health and forming a therapeutic alliance between patient and physician. As evidence of his ability to reach students and mentees, this person has frequently been the recipient of teaching awards and is beloved amongst students for his investments in both their education and well-being. He is a true champion of encouragement, one who has supported many of us through most, some of our most difficult times. On a personal note, I hate to cry. But this person is so genuinely kind and reciprocates vulnerability in a way that the waterworks start before I can stop them. He makes us feel like our experiences and our emotions are valid. In this competitive place, it's easy to feel disconnected from one another and that chit chat may seem obligatory, but this person has the ability to turn to you, to look at you and ask, how are you doing? In a way that makes you feel seen. It's in this space that I shared my tears and my torment of self-doubt. Without judgment, he sat with me on multiple occasions, helping me realize that, yes, I do belong here. Which was so hard to believe, being surrounded by such amazing and talented peers. And he did not just do this for me. He has supported and stood by so many members of our student body. He has provided tremendous support 
when passing the boards felt impossible, when we felt like imposters waiting to be discovered, and when we just needed to be seen. We are so appreciative of his guidance, mentorship, advocacy, and encouragement. We cannot think of a better soul we would love to have seen us off to residency after these years of unforgettable and yet at times difficult experiences. Please help us in welcoming our keynote speaker, Dr. Jorge Garcia. Well, Angie made me cry. Thank you so much, Angie and Sarah, for your much too kind introduction. I'm just going to get started because, like Nika, I'm nervous. <laughs> Good morning, guests and class of 2019, and thank you so much for your very kind invitation to share the stage with you. What an incredible moment in your lives, a truly grand reason to celebrate. And I must confide that one of my bucket list items is being crossed off today. I've always wanted to say that I've appeared on the Mandavi stage in front of a packed and adoring crowd. <laughs> and now I have a whopper of a tale that I will no doubt share with my future grandchildren on many occasions. I think I can leave out a few key details, uh, like the fact that the adoring crowd wasn't necessarily gathering to see me. I think that's probably safe to spare them that minor little detail. But I won't delude myself today. I know full well who the real stars of this show are. You, our amazing newly minted medical doctors and health scholars from the class of 2019. And if there's one thing I want you to know, it's this. Being with you over the past few years has filled us all with joy, unspeakable joy, truly, so this is what I want to focus on today, the joy of medicine. Oh, a life in medicine. It's a wonderful life. Although it wasn't a commercial or blockbuster success when it was first released in 1946, the movie It's a Wonderful Life is now recognized as an enduring holiday classic and one of the greatest films in American cinema. It was based on a 4,000-word short story entitled The Greatest Gift, written in 1943 by Philip Van Dorenstern. I must acknowledge that, like all human stories, the tale depicted in these works presents a unique and very limited perspective, in this case, from a bygone era. And it certainly does not encompass the rich breadth and depth of our ever-evolving multicultural American experience. In any event, as some of you may recall, the story unfolds on Christmas Eve, as a man named George, Jorge, is actively contemplating suicide by jumping off a bridge into an icy river. He is suddenly interrupted by an inquisitive and mysterious stranger. A brief conversation ensues in which George admits that he is sick of everything in his life. He laments that he is stuck here in this mud hole for life, doing the same dull work day after day while others are leading exciting lives. He adds, I never did anything really useful or interesting, and it looks as if I never will. I might just as well be dead. I might better be dead. Sometimes I wish I were. In fact, I wish I'd never been born. 
This immediately excites a stranger who very strangely announces that George has wonderfully solved everything. All of his troubles are now over. His wish has been granted officially. As the tale continues, George discovers that his seemingly miserable life had far more meaning, impact, relevance, importance than he ever could have imagined. He discovers that life and our powerful connections to others are among the greatest and most under or unappreciated gifts anyone can receive. And in pondering the timeless lessons of George's tale, I believe it is imperative that all of us, particularly those of us who are privileged to be physicians, discover the mysteriously beautiful, miraculously intricate, and breathtakingly complex way our lives are woven together into a grand tapestry, a fantastic living fabric that the term work of art cannot even begin to describe. As I started my life in medicine, I faced many challenges. The times were different, and we hadn't yet discovered the need for work hours restrictions or work-life balance. We never really talked about wellness. I was impatient with my development, and I couldn't wait to outgrow my early awkwardness and stifling mediocrity. I had been a spectacularly unspectacular medical student, and it took far too long for me to outgrow my ugly ducklingness. Residency training presented me with the greatest challenge I ever faced in my personal and professional life. And I recall at least three separate occasions when I really, really, really wanted to quit. So what kept me going? As unbelievable as this may sound to you, my medical career was saved by the surprising and perfectly timed visits of unexpected strangers. Angels, if you will. Each angel found me in the midst of a painfully long season of discontent as I struggled with extreme exhaustion, severe disillusionment, and near hopelessness. My first seemingly random, seemingly predestined meeting came on a cold winter day during my intern year when I did not want to be on call. As I walked down a dark hospital corridor, aloofly brooding about my situation and struggling against the urge to hang up my stethoscope for good, I was startled by a gentle tap on my shoulder. It was my clinic patient, a non-English speaking man, a survivor of the Cambodian genocide's killing fields. The look of unadulterated joy on his face instantly overwhelmed me, infectiously filling me with joy. Although we could not communicate with words in the absence of an interpreter, his nonverbal message to me was resoundingly clear. You are my doctor, and I am so very happy to see you. You matter to me. You make a difference in my life, and I'm so thankful for you. Fighting back tears, I tried my best to pantomime my gratitude for his presence in my life, particularly at that moment. And this miraculously timed, unexpected visit helped me hold on for another day. In the months that followed, other angels made their propitious visits. One was a dapper stranger, unrecognizable at first, until he reminded me that I had been the first of many doctors who cared for him during a prolonged and complicated hospitalization. I had admitted him to the hospital after he had been found unresponsive in some bushes, covered in filth. As I marveled at his astonishing transformation, 
He told me that he had long hoped he'd someday run into me. He felt that he hadn't had a chance to properly thank me, and he told me he would never forget me or what I had done to help him. And this got me through another impossibly difficult, incredible day. During my last year of residency training, I was unexpectedly visited by the daughter of a man I cared for during his final days. We had many telephone conversations during her father's hospitalization, but she lived in a remote state and we had never before met in person. After her father's funeral, she unexpectedly came to the hospital, hoping to meet me and surprising me on one of my most discouraging days. You guessed it, it was a call day. <laughs> Hand delivering an exceptional handwritten note and a box of chocolates, she warmly embraced me in the ICU and thanked me for caring for her father and her family. There aren't many doctors like you, Dr. Garcia, she told me. Her encouragement and kindness overpowered me helping me outlast another of my bleakest days and reminding me of the wonderful, privileged life we can enjoy in medicine. As I now reflect on over two decades of work as a clinical professor, I shudder to think about what would have happened if I had quit on a random, horrendously bad day during medical school or residency, if I had never lived a day as a UC Davis professor of internal medicine, I now know I would not have been there for patients and families who have benefited from my care. I would not have been there for medical students and residents who also needed my care. And I would, have not, and I would have not been there for scores of pre-medical students who needed a mentor and role model and who were aching, hungry, starving for some words of encouragement to continue their journey to medical school and to other healthcare careers. Throughout my life in medicine, in the midst of struggle, through great trials and tribulations that nearly extinguished my joy in medicine and medical career, I have unwittingly hosted a ride rage of angels whose timing was remarkably perfect. Angels in the guise of mentors, colleagues, coworkers, patients, the family of patients, and yes, now an ever-increasing number of mentees. These angels have reminded me of the truly glorious life I have enjoyed in medicine, and they have firmly moored me to the bridge of academic medicine and very literally saved my life in medicine. As you now know very well, a life in medicine is not for the faint of heart, and I cannot sugarcoat it. There are real struggles out there, and some of them may find you. Today, we do talk about burnout, wellness, and unwellness and the persistently and painfully high suicide rate among physicians and health professionals. These are very real problems, and collectively, we will need to better address them. Together, we need to continue transforming our clinical, educational, and research environments into systems where the passionate pursuit of the joy of medicine is not the exception, but the rule. And until we find those more perfect solutions, I believe that actively searching for meaning and cultivating joy in our lives can help. Indeed, some of the greatest joys of my life have come when I have clearly seen how my past struggles have thoroughly and perfectly equipped me to help others understand, cope, and overcome the challenges they may be currently experiencing. In closing, I need you to know that my record as a medical student was not nearly as magnificent as yours, not by a long shot. 
In fact, after four years of medical school, I embodied but a tiny fraction of the doctors and health scholars you all are today. And yet somehow, I very humbly stand before you on this stage as an imperfect aging professor whose failing eyes very lucidly appreciate the intricacy with which the thread of his life has been woven into an unimaginably grand and vibrant fabric. Class of 2019, we have already witnessed the enormous impact your dazzlingly beautiful threads have had on the people around you. Your futures excite me, and I simply cannot wait to celebrate the resplendent design that will continue to unfold before us. We will all lead imperfect lives, but our lives needn't be mediocre, self-centered, lonely, or miserable. And as Van Dorenstern's story beautifully reminds us, we cannot always know the many ways our lives touch those of others, particularly during the difficult seasons we may endure. George had to be reminded that his life was a gloriously wonderful life. And in the midst of becoming and serving as a physician, this Jorge had to be reminded that a life in medicine is truly an incredibly wonderful life. Oh, I am so excited for you. And in the wonderful days ahead, no matter how trying they may be, please take the time to frequently remind yourselves of the marvelous and abundant wonders around you. Count your blessings. Indulge yourselves in the joy of medicine. Let the joy of medicine fill you and saturate you to the marrow and spread that joy wherever you go. May you have a far greater impact and even more satisfaction and joy in your careers than I have had in my miraculous time here at UC Davis. Congratulations once again. We will soon exit this auditorium as fellow physicians, colleagues, and health leaders. Thank you once again for filling our hearts with joy. Because I hate goodbyes, I will simply say, live long and prosper. <laughs> as corny as it sounds, it's what I often say to my patients when I discharge in the home from the hospital. My final wish to them and to you. I'm sure our Star Trek-loving Chancellor, Dr. Gary May, would approve. And above all, que Dios los bendiga. May God richly bless each and every one of you, always. <laughs>